Good morning, and I would like to also just greet everyone this morning in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> um, just considering, I guess, I didn't know um, how, this is, how this will play in, and maybe at the end of this uh, message we can share some things that might <clears throat> pull this together a little bit, but how is everything we've discussed this morning considering being a Father's Day message or a message uh, to fathers. Um, the first challenge I think was James give us is how big is our God? He is our Father. Um, he is the one that we should, uh, you know, that we need to look up to and and thank Him. And also throughout the Psalms, you know, the the Psalms he read, um, I think the 105 and and all of them. How many times does David? Um, he Almost all his psalms start with some form of eternal praise to God, to his heavenly Father. Um, I always like the song, How Big Is Our God? Um, I like the song that, that, that is sung on those verses on the, on, the, on the psalms that James shared too. You know, and bow, let us bow down, let us worship him, let us adore him. <clears throat> How does that look on, to our physical fathers today? Um, you know, the cry today um, for a physical father um, is great in our society. There's, there's so many, and I don't know what the percentages are, but I looked, I looked at some of them, I, I, I read some of them, and I don't remember, but it is, it is a lot. It is a lot. I know that um, Mark Moss had told me, it was several years ago, when he first started teaching in third grade, fifth grade, I think, he had taught in some of the lower grades. He's teaching more in the high school level now, but um, in the school he was in, and there in Texas where he taught, you know, mostly Hispanics, um, a lot of it, mostly Hispanics, I think, African Americans, but very few white people. And the children's question to each other um, back then was, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? You know, if they actually knew or if they didn't. And maybe it was told. And today is the term of baby mamas and baby daddies is so prevalent that it's pathetic. You know, it's like uh, raised by single mothers. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I guess this message is not necessarily Father's Day um, thing, but I think it can, it can relate to that as thinking of, of the, the parallels of God being our father. And what he gives and provides for us, and then bringing it down to a father um, figure in a home, and what, uh, how that parallels with um, life into a family. Um, but foremost, I think is just, I guess I would want to you know help us to get a little bit of a grasp um, of what it's like, of what we have, what blessings we have as to be a child of God and what blessing you have to actually have an earthly and a physical father that you've been able to relate to or and I know there's you know um, fathers are not perfect like God our father is perfect but we can have we can learn I think and gain from um, these parallels and then 
as a family, you know, God's family, the blessing of that, which means who is God's family? The church, you could say, the body of believers. Um, and what is extended? So a couple things that are, that, that are given here from um, fathers and from God our Father. And I think the, the number one thing or the first thing is, is simply forgiveness. What would we do without forgiveness? You know, how many times has a son or daughter done something? I'm just talking about our, our physical family right here on earth. And if you don't forgive them, it's, it's what, a, what, a, you know, what a rough road. What a way to go. What a way to live. That, that forgiveness. And so likewise, you know, the number one thing that God does for us as our heavenly father is forgive us. How many times? You know, the challenge was asked. How many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? And, you know, the example that Jesus gives, seven times? Nope. Seventy, seven times 70 or 490 times. And was that enough? No. As long as he asks and, and, you know, and, and wants to receive. And we must, we must also do, we do that also, where we must do that to be forgiven within our own, um, within our own households or families. <clears throat> so forgiveness, what we have in, in the family of the family of God and a father figure. And then there's a word here that, um, that came up. And I think it's, at the ending, it's called, uh, if I'm even pronouncing it right, right. Um, I wrote a definition here for it someplace. I'm going to jump forward here a little bit. Um, felicity? Felicity. And um, that a father provides or that it, that it has. And that's simply that um, most fathers desire their children to be happy. And synonyms is, is blessedness, joy, gladness. Um, you know, you get a warm, fuzzy feeling about your, about your dad. And God also wants us to have, you know, God wants us to have that too. And we're going to share scriptures in that. So <clears throat> to start for reading here, I think um, the text is taken from 1 John Chapter 3, a couple verses. So um, I would like us all to stand, and we're just going to go through uh, 1 John, and we're going to go through, there's five chapters in 1 John. I don't know that I'm going to read it all, but <clears throat> John was writing to, to his people, um, you know, telling them to consider um, to be steadfast, to remain faithful, um, and... Uh, just to uh, to give them instructions and uh, and help them understand a little more who God is, who their Father actually is, and <clears throat> so just starting on John in First John chapter one, and then the key verses are the, the couple of verses that we're going to use a lot is one, two, and three in chapter three, but. So he's first telling him, he describes, that he describes who Christ is. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Just like back in the days of the Israelites, they saw the miracles and the wonder workings that, that God did before he even took them out from the Egyptians, you know. 
They were there. They were eyewitnesses of that stuff, and yet they rebelled. So John's, you know, he's telling us this. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness and show it unto you, that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> All giving us an example of God as being our Father. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You know, God wants us to have joy and peace that passes all understanding and keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is a light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. <coughs> Verse 9. Very, very key verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, he says he casts them as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more in the Old Testament. We say that we have not sinned. We are simply making him a liar and his word is not in us. He goes on to in chapter 2 and he starts out with the term of little children. You know, considering a father talking to his, to his family. Little children, he says, these things I write unto you. That Why? To keep you, to help you, you know, that you sin not. If any man sin, he says, if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You know, you have to think, if they would have cried out to God, the children of Israel, and said, we're sorry, forgive us, what have it, been, what have it turned out different? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't even... Do a hypothetical like that because it's all part of God's plan. But here he says that he is a propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. Not just yours, but for every, anyone who goes back to verse 9 and confesses it and makes it, you know. And hereby we do know that we know him. How? If we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Like we shared this morning, many will confess but do we, do we act upon the truth of God's word? <clears throat> but whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, whereby know we that we are in him. You know, these are beautiful verses and very, very strengthening and giving us uh, courage to, to press on and fight the good fight of faith, you know. Um, how is the love of God perfected? If we keep his word. He that saith he abideth in him, ought him also also to walk, even as he walked. And verse 7, brethren, I write nothing new to you. And, and even this preaching this morning, the things that we're sharing, I don't think anything is new. You, you, everyone here knows, um, knows these things. But what does it hurt to remind us? What does it hurt to be encouraged and strengthened again? That uh, no commandment to you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The, the, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which... Which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth? We live in a new dispensation. Jesus Christ was here. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness and even unto now. He that loveth his brother and abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded him. I write unto you again, little children, because your sins are forgiven you, for his name's 
say, I write unto you fathers, as we as a father figure, do we know God, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because you have known the father. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Again, verse 18. Can, you know, he's talking from a father perspective to his, to his people. And as John's, John's writing this, in that in the in the same terms you know he says like little children you know he talks about the antichrist coming there <clears throat> but in verse 20 he says we have an unction from the holy one you know he didn't write these things that 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 so that we wouldn't know the truth but that we know the truth and that no lie is of the truth um <clears throat> verse 25 and this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life um Go to, go to chapter 3. And then he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. <clears throat> you know, what manner of love did your dad have for you? What manner of love? What manner of love does God have for us? He's telling us here. That we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called, you know, you are a son of Henry Zare or Joseph Beachy or wh whoever, or Seth or whoever's a father here today. Um, you know, just in, in that saying, what manner of love is that? And then the thing, then think about so many that don't know who their father is. One of the biggest things that the biggest things that's lacking is they don't experience what manner of love that that can be. And so also then it's a huge struggle um, for them to understand and feel what manner of love that God has for them. You know, it's it's just it's there. Um, <clears throat> he goes on verse seven. Little children again. Don't let anybody deceive you. Um, righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Um, talks about whosoever is born of God, whosoever committed sin is from the devil. But nine, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Um, <clears throat> he goes on uh, in chapter 3, go to verse 20. You know, it was another favorite verse. Um, should just read it all, but I'm just picking these out. He goes on, he tells us here that, um, and whereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him that you're a child of God, that the blessings you have. For if even if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. So commit our ways to him. You know, as we use the word today, consider who Christ is. Consider Jesus as our, you know, as our Father, as the ultimate. <clears throat> um, beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. 
And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. That's the things that they, the Israelites didn't do back then. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment. This is the commandment. This is the opposite of unbelief that we heard about. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandments. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And here, hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. You know, God's Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are a child of his. So consider the, you know, the fatherhood and, and being a child. <clears throat> and he goes on in verse 4 of chapter 4. Ye are of God, little children, again, and I overcome them. And this is a song also that I love, you know. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, the Spirit of God, um, the unction from the Holy One that lives within us, is the one that's able to overcome, um, to make us overcomers. Because he's greater than he that is in the world. You know, who is the, who is the prince of the power of the air? Except, you know, like Satan. Who is the prince of power of this world? except Satan. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Um, it just goes on. It talks about the, you know, about the love of God. Um, verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know, hereby know we, that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of this world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we. In this world, <clears throat> there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And we love him because he first loved us. If a man say that I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. And this commandment we have from him that he who loveth God will love his brother also. You may be seated. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> going on to, to chapter 5, looking at verse 13. These things I have written unto you, again, this is to do away um, with the unbelief that, that, that surrounds us or sometimes um, comes in and you know, causes fears and doubts and unbelief that the children of Israel had and that they couldn't enter into that rest that God had prepared for them. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God <clears throat> that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, then He will hear us. You know, that, that verse 13 um, just underlined over and over, you know, at one point in time in our lives, you know, was pressed with the fact that, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know that you're saved? How do you know that your sins are forgiven? You know, it's, you, you can't say that. You, you can't know that. And yet, what do you do with a verse like that? Why did he write these things? 
Why did he say that? That you can believe and that you may know. What is, what is that? You know, how do we do away with that? That's not part of my sermon, but it just stood out there. <clears throat> so thinking about the first thing that God our Father does for us and that we need to do as fathers um, uh, within a family, within a household, within a community, within a body of believers, and that is to have um, a spirit of forgiveness, a, a, a heart that is ready and willing and able to forgive um, no matter what the circumstances is, and to do like God does for us, you know, remember it no more, um, put it from us, and not hold us, hold it against, uh, you know, anything that happens. We must have that. <clears throat> you know, the, this book of John that we have here was written for to encourage us, to to uh, help us um, remain true in the face of false teachings, the Gnostics that they had, the Gnosticism, or whatever the word is there, that was going on back then that people were trying to tell them, you know, that, that um, not to believe uh, in Jesus, not to follow him. Like you could say in a sense that, that we were tempted at one time, that you can't know that you're saved. You can't know that you're righteous. You can't know that your sins are forgiven. You know, but he, he wrote these things back then, and it was in, encouraging, to try, encouraging the people to keep God's commandments, you know, to love one another fervently, um, to be faithful to God. He's, he's all the way to the end. Um, he was faithful to the end. Um, <clears throat> and exclaiming throughout these verses, uh, just go back and read this again today. Read all five chapters. And look at how he exclaims the blessings that we have of being a child of God. Of having a father, our father God above us. <clears throat> you know, in the demonstration of God's love to be called God's children. So, <clears throat> you know... We need, to, we need to first understand forgiveness within our own lives, I think, before we, can, before, it's, before we can extend it to others. And it's probably one of the most important things that we need to do over and over. How many times, you know, uh, my children are about grown. How many times have they not, you know, did something known or unknown that dad just like, okay, I got to let it go. What can I do? You know, you got to forgive. You, you, and, and that's how they also grow. Um, from the smallest thing, you know, from the smallest thing to the, you know, to the oldest or the biggest thing, children will make mistakes. You know, they're prone to make mistakes, just like we as adults are prone to make mistakes. We need a, we need a heart of forgiveness like God has forgiven us. God, he knows how to forgive um, and so that they grow up, that they can, they, they understand um, what uh, what God has what God is able to forgive them for, you know. This don't go just for children, but you know it's just, it's pointing out children. Um, sometimes it can be such a blessing, the way you know, and and then next time they they're ungrateful and unselfish and they're selfish or just like we are, um, disobedient. They don't want to do what they're told, um, and yet we continue to love them. As God has loved us, <clears throat> uh, fathers forgive your children. You know, um, like our Father in heaven does. is a is a good father. So James one seventeen says, "Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down, from where, 
the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither is there any shadow of turning. Matthew 7.11 tells us, if ye, if ye, talking to fathers, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? You know, how much greater? I'm, I'm trying to bring the parallels of, of what Scripture is, is, will share with us here. <clears throat> how much more will God practice forgiveness with you as his children, as a child of his? Psalms 86.5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto them, unto all them that call upon thee. Daniel in chapter 9, verse 9 says, To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. 1 John 1, 9, which I read, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> let's, turn to, let's turn to Psalms. We read that 95 Psalm, I think, today. Let's turn to Turn to Psalms 103, and let's we'll read how God desires and loves, loves us and forgives us. That's Psalms 103. <clears throat> you know, we, we saw, we read to this morning, Come let us sing in the Lord and make a joyful noise, the rock of our salvation. 96, oh, sing in the Lord a new song, sing in the Lord all the earth, sing in the Lord, bless his name. Um, Psalms 97, the Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitudes of the isles be glad thereof. <clears throat> um, Psalms 100, make a joyful noise. Psalms 101, I will sing of the mercies and judgment unto thee, O Lord, I will sing, you know, the, the joy. Um, 102, hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come unto thee. 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Go to verse 8 and 103. <clears throat> Here he tells us that this is God. This is the Father that we have above us. Um, think about this in, on the physical aspect of today, you know, too. It says he made, uh, number verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. <clears throat> so think about that, you know, within our families, <clears throat> that... What God has done for us, what he continues to do for us, he knows us, he knows our frame, and he knows that he made us out of a speck of dirt. That's how he created us. <clears throat> and yet, he cares for us. Yet he cares deeply and extended his mercy this morning again, extended grace this morning again. We all have life and breath that are here. And, you know, we heard about thankfulness and, and gratefulness. <clears throat> You know, what a blessing, what a blessing it is to be and to believe and to know a God that is this big. Um, <clears throat> so, in the, in, in, and then the next aspect is family. Um, to be a father is to have a family. And 
be faithful and provide for them and defend them and promote peace and harmony among them. You know, it's, it's, not, always, uh, it's not always easy. Sometimes there's spats and disputes come up among um, family and children. But as a father, we are to uh, negate that and try to keep peace and harmony among everybody. You know, sometimes you need to tell some of your adult sons and daughters, let it go. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. It's fine. We're not all the, you know, we're the same. We need to, we need to do that. Um, but the blessing of being part of that family, you know, the blessing of being a child within a family. <clears throat> so who's God's family today? The church. Wherever you are, uh, you know, can be at home at or be a part of. Um, who is God's family today? The church, the body of believers. So some scriptures on that. 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us that, But if I tarry long, that thou may knowest how thou oughtst to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, and the pillar and the ground of truth. Hebrews 3, verse 6, But Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end? <clears throat> Is God a faithful father to his family, to his church? So in Acts 2, verse 47 says, <clears throat> um, it's a place for the saved people to be, to gather. It's, in Acts 2, verse 47 said, they were praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, as such should, should be saved. Does he provide for us? Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. God purchased this family, this body of believers, each and every person that's in here as an individual with his own blood. So how do we respond and how do we function and how do we, you know, um, get along with each other, so to speak, in God's family. He gives us directions. Um, in Ephesians 1, verse 22, it says that he has put all things under his feet, which is Christ. He's talking about Christ here. And gave him to be the head over all things, the church. So Jesus Christ is our, you know, is the chief um, head, um, father, you could say, as God our Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit. All things, especially to the church, again, which is the body of believers, which is the body. Ephesians 5, verse 27, he desires, to keep, he desires to keep this body pure. He says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He nourishes it, he feeds it, he takes care of it, Ephesians 5, 29 it says, for no man hath ever yet hated his own flesh, but will nourish it and cherish it, even as the Lord does the church. <clears throat> Nobody has ever, you know, you could say, hated his own flesh. But what do you do? You nourish it, you cherish it, you take care of your body, you feed it. Um, and that is how God does for the church. So what a blessing to be part of the body of Christ just as well as it's a blessing to be part of a physical family here on earth. 
that is, there's a family unit. You know, and nothing more that the enemy wants to destroy is the family unit in America. You hear that all over the place. If he can destroy the family unit, he, he's got major inroads you know, into all their lives. Um, so what is our job as fathers? Um, you know, we're supposed to be the head. We're supposed to give direction. We're supposed to lead out. We're supposed to nourish, cherish, provide, um, you know, and love like God has loved us. You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved, loved the church. And all these things are in place, you could say, as a, as a Father's Day message um, and looking at physically fathers and God as our father, a physical child here on earth of a family and being a child of God's um, <clears throat> that we can have. Um, you know, what does, what does a father desire? What does God desire from you? Making these parallels. <clears throat> well, first thing is a personal relationship. You know, God wants to have a relationship with you as his child. Your father wants a relationship with you as his child, your physical fathers. <clears throat> they want, there's no father that doesn't want what's best for his child. You know, nowhere's. You know? Most of they all want what's best for their children. Um, and that requires discipline. It requires work. Um, good fathers will provide, will discipline their children. Good fathers will provide work for their children. I don't know, this, this just come to me, th think about, you know, um, some families, and, and, and it's perfectly okay. You know, <clears throat> like for myself, I started my work and the, and the things that I do because I wanted my sons to be able to work with me. I wanted to provide work for them. You know, you did the same thing with the shop, I think. You wanted to have something. You know, in other families, you could say, dad works for somebody else and all their children will work for other individuals. I'm not saying that's, that's all bad. But the heart of the father is he wants to work with his family. He wants to provide something for them. It may not be always what we as children wanted, you know, um, or absolute desire, and yet that's something that the Father wants to do. Same thing as God wants you to work in His kingdom, you know. He wants to, He provides avenues and opportunities to be able to work in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> um, another thing that, another thing a good father would do is, and not only that, but, you know, provide recreation. Maybe that sounds like Oh, that's not spiritual or, or scriptural or whatever. But he does want his children to enjoy life and have, um, be able to, you know, to enjoy things. <clears throat> I don't know how big that word recreation can be explained or whatever or where it can lead to, but um, let's, let's, let's consider all things in moderation, I guess. But God does want, you know, you want your children, you want your, let's just say younger children, you know, um, I know Hadassah loves to ride her bike, you know. You want her to be able to enjoy that? Is that considered recreation? You want to take that totally away from them? No. That's something they want. About teaching their children between right and wrong, bringing them up in the way of, you know, nurturing admonition of the Lord. Um, so it's a blessing also then, let's look at scripture of what God says um, to have God as our, our father. <clears throat> So this is what he says in Romans 8, verse 15. He says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 2 Corinthians 6.18, he tells us this, And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said, saith the Lord Almighty. We have the blessings of talking to our Father. Matthew 6, verse 9, he says, After this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We can reach out to him. He wants us to. He wants us to have that relationship. We have a blessing of being able to talking to him. Um, you know, we will more fully comprehend um, the loss of that when we don't have our physical fathers to talk to anymore. You know, I, I just know that uh, I don't have my physical father um, on either side of the family. And so there's, as the days have went by, the longing is less, so to speak. And yet sometimes it's just like, I would like to ask dad. So let's not neglect that to our heavenly father. So let's also not neglect it to our physical father. Um, they, want, they want to be able to uh, communicate <clears throat> and ask talking to him. Most generally, your dad would know what your personal needs are, maybe even greater than what you do. You know, look what all they provided up to this day. They knew that you needed your diaper changed when you did, and they also know that you still need food and clothing and lots of things today, you know? And they, they have taken care of and has tried to provide that need. Um, so um, Matthew 6, 32 says this, For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. God knows that you need exactly what you need and when you need it. Luke 6, 36, he shows mercy unto his children. He says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. We need to extend that. Um, he's wanting uh, children to worship him in the spirit and truth. John 4, 23 the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. <clears throat> I don't ask to be worshipped by my physical children. Well, that's, that's, not, that's, the, that's the opposite. But God, in, in sharing what God our Father truly as a blessing, what he has from us and what he's asking from us, he wants us to worship him in the truth and seeks those to worship him. Um, in teaching us, John 6, 32 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. <coughs> God gives us the truth of his word. He feeds us with his manna um, if we read it and want to dig into it. He also is able to protect us. God is the one that, that you know surrounds us. We talked about angels a couple Sundays ago and um, about, you know, how that Christ is greater than those, and yet um, John 10, verse 29 says, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. So as a child of God, as a child of our Father in heaven, no man can pluck you out of his hand. Um, of course, we read today a little bit about unbelief that could remove us from, you know, um, once the once saved, always saved concept. <clears throat> he also, he's also able to discipline us. God does. Hebrews 12, verse 6 and 7 says, For whom the Lord love, he chastises, He chastens and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, 
God dealeth with you like a son. For what son is, is he whom the father will chasten not? You know, and it don't feel good at the time. It never did, you know. I can remember when I was, I can probably remember my last spanking. I was old enough to remember. Um, Dad whooped my butt for something that I did. It didn't feel good. It didn't sound good. I was going to run away from home, you know. That was my thoughts, but thank the Lord that he did, you know. Thank God that, that, that Dad didn't spare the rod and let me be spoiled, so to speak. <clears throat> um, giving thanks is to who we give the ultimate thanks for. Um, Colossians 3.17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So it's just an example, you know, like we build a house. Do we just take all the honor and glory to ourselves? We build cabinets. Do we take the honor and glory to ourselves? Or who provided all that? Who do we end up extending and give thanks to? But give it to God, our Father, by him. Um, I don't think it's wrong in thanking our fathers, earthly fathers, for the things that they have provided. And uh, so what a blessing it is to know God as our great God. How big is our God? How big is our, you know, in a sense, how big is your father? How big is the father figure in your life? Is he, you know, is he barely being a father? Or how do you, how do you, you know, how do you, uh, how do you view your own dad, you could say? Um, <clears throat> I was, you know, I'm not the perfect father by a long ways. I don't know how my children would view me at all. I never ask. It's okay that I don't ask, I guess. But I know that I was, I was blessed with my dad, even though he was a deacon in the church, and us as a family usually caught the rap of, of that because when he would go share with somebody about things that they were doing or not doing, they would bring up Henry's name and Jacob's name and Mary's name and everybody else's names like, what about what they did, you know? And we would hear it because he wouldn't keep that silent. He would bring it back. And there was always, you could sometimes you felt like a little resentment of being a preacher's son, you know, or a child because of that. But I don't have any, you know, ill feelings against my father at all, um, even in that, you know, even in, through all that. But just giving you that as an example, you know. Um, <clears throat> so um, the last part is felicity. F-E-L-I-C-I-T-Y, felicity, felicity. <clears throat> and again, the synonyms is beatitude, um, blessedness, gladness, joy, um, warm, fuzzy feelings, um, great happiness, bliss. And this is the Father's heart for His children. This is God's heart for you. How much joy does God want you to have? Your cup overflows, right? That's what he tells us. He tells us in his word, he wants our cups to overflow. Does our cup overflow? Maybe that's our challenge today. Is my, is my cup overflowing? Some days you think yes, and then there's some days like it's barely half full, you know. But he wants this, his desire is for a cup overflow. Same thing with our physical fathers here on earth, you know. There's times when we, we desire our children to be happy and to be joyful and we'll go out of our way to make that. To, we want to go out of our way, you could say. 
We'll go out of our way to make our children more happy. None of us here growing up, I don't think, have ever lacked in food, clothing, or shelter. Yes or no? We may think so we didn't get all the things that we wanted or could have had or should have had, but I don't think we've ever neglected. What about God? Has he ever neglected his children? We'll read some of these verses in yet. <clears throat> we want you to have a good life. We want you to be successful in life and to, to grow and to be encouraged and strengthened in the things that you're doing. We also want you to have fun. You know, I always said the word fun in school, I said it was F-U-N, full of nothing. I'd rather have you, that you have joy than fun, but we want you to have fun. You know, there is, there is fun in life. Enjoy life. Um, there may be even times that, you know, that you go to the zoo or you go take a, take a ride or, you, you know, that, that <clears throat> in our family, I guess, sometimes they go boating. And I've never enjoyed, in a sense, enjoyed boating, but um, we, you know, it's okay it's, it, that they do. That's what I want for the, you know, the children, they can enjoy it. <clears throat> and there's rewards for, for that, you know. Um, the, you want to reward your children for the good things they do. Like when they help out or do this or that. Um, that's just part of our physical. So here's some verses that God, our Heavenly Father, will certainly want and desire for His children. In John 15, verses 10 and 11. He tells us this, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. He didn't say fun there, did he? He said joy. And I think that's what God wants of us. Remember this. God wants you to be full of joy, to be happy. He wants it to remain in you, and He wants it that you would be full. You know, he wants us, well, he give us salvation. He wants us to be happy. He wants to know that there is a place prepared in all eternity for us. In Luke verse, chapter 12, verse 32, um, <clears throat> he gives them a kingdom. You know, this is a verse that we can remember and have remembered for a long time. If you're not little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure. There he says pleasure. That sounds like fun. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the kingdom of God. It is within you. Um, he wants to live there. Um, <clears throat> I forgot this reference, but he provides for the resurrection from the dead. Um, probably in Corinthians here. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and he quickens them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. John 14, verse 2. He has a place for us. It says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, he said... If it wouldn't be that way, I would have told you, I go prepare a place for you. <clears throat> so what a blessing to know our Father God who desires our happiness. Who desires that we would be full of joy and that the joy would remain in us. <clears throat> so some days, I guess, when we're feeling down or not so great, remember that God our Father would want you to be joyful. He wants it to remain in you. He wants it to be full in you. Just like your earthly father. Any earthly father doesn't want to see their child be sad. Not at all. They want him to be joyful. 
and rejoice. <clears throat> so in conclusion, I want to wrap it up and be open for sharing your testimony. And one of the first things that we, that we shared about was that as a child of God and as a physical father, we need to have forgiveness. Probably the greatest thing, you know. We need to be part of a family. We are part of a family somewhere along the line, you know. Even if you're just a one child, you're, you're just part of a family. Um, thank our Father for what all they have done. And especially God, our Father. And also the felicity thing, um, to enjoy, have rejoice, and to enjoy life, and to do things from time to time that, and rewards, reward them for, you know, the things that they do, um, go out of your way to make your child be happy. You know, if a child starts crying, where's there a mom or a dad that doesn't run to it and want it to comfort it and to lift it up and to make those tears go away? So I think I'll just close with that. And Jesus says, too, that in Revelations, he will wipe all the tears from our eyes. They are struggling with trials. God bless you all.